This is the Career Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Sean Hamilton, Jim Spence, and Courier newbie Alan Temple. So you've been watching plenty of games from from our teams over the last few weeks since you joined us, Alan, and uh, you saw a bit of Dundee against Wraith, didn't you? In fact, you saw both. You were at both Dundee Wraith games, weren't you? So how? Let's start off with the uh, the big game. How do you rate their chances against Kilmarnock? I think they're in a really good place at the moment. Uh, that The first leg spoke for itself. Charlie Adam, wonderful talent, ridiculously uh, cultured, left foot, just tore Wraith Rovers apart. And then they showed a really different side of themselves. In the second leg, Wraith went direct. They were a different team to play. They were showed physicality and up-tempo football. And they rattled Dundee for a little bit, but... That's, that's a different challenge that they had to come through. They had to come through the nerves of how many times have you seen a team that's defending a lead and doesn't know whether to attack or defend, and then they yeah 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 they they, they lose you know they lose the run of themselves. They think oh do we defend? Do we try and get another goal? And they showed maturity. Lee Ashcroft was imperious, and I thought they showed some some what you could call top flight nous if you like. They showed like they were they were a team that were ready to use their experience and deal with this deal with this pressure and potentially go all the way. I think this is probably as confident as Dundee fans have any right to feel throughout this whole season that they can finish the job and, and go up. I think they've got a real chance over these two games. Jim, I mean, I think we've, Alan mentioned maturing there. Uh, it has been an upward curve for Dundee over the last couple of months, probably. Are you feeling optimistic, confident? Um, None of the above. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Um, I, I think Kilmarnock, despite their <laughs> despite their struggle this season, will be a different proposition that's, from Ray. That's Rover, as close you know? as you can. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I think that you know, you know me. I'm normally Mister Optimistic. I mean, again, you know, you're hoping that that Dundee do it, but um, I, I I think you're you're stepping up um, a class. I'll tell Tommy right. You, you said know. that. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I'll phone him myself. You're you're stepping up a division here. You're stepping up a weight class. I think. You know, in terms of kind of players that have been playing at a, a higher tempo, a higher level, um, a higher level of skill, uh, a, a better level of ability all season, albeit Kilmarnock have struggled. I mean, I, I, I'm, to be honest with you, uh, like I, I'm kind of, I'm bemused at Kilmarnock this season because there's a lot of, there's a lot of very good players um, uh, or on the face of it, a lot of very good players about that club. Like Dicker One in and particular. Power and Burke yeah. and all the rest. Of it. Well, you're talking about Mr. Lafferty. <laughs> no? I am um, indeed. I mean, on the face <laughs> of it, you know, there's a very decent side there and they have just struggled to impose themselves all season. So the problem here for Dundee is they're going up a division, as I say. They're, they're stepping up against the side that have been playing at that. Not, not massively, but slightly higher tempo, mentally, physically, um, all season. However, um, you know, I, I cannot gain C. Allen here and my admiration of the bold Charlie, the infantry boy. I mean, he, he has a talent sublime. He's a talent supreme. He could play, I, I suspect he could still play, at, you know, in, in the Celtic Rangers side. He could certainly play at any level in, in, in the Scottish Premiership. He's got a range of passing. Um, he, he's got a, a range of vision. He's got the ability on, on from a dead ball, from whether it's corner kicks, free kicks, whatever. We saw it against Wraith, you know, that diagonals of 50 and 60 yards. I mean, there are very few ga- very few players in the British game, never mind the Scottish game, that can do that. So, you know, you, you've got 
that um, you know, he, he's he's the linchpin, he's the kingpin, if you want, uh, in terms of uh, Dundee. But you've also got Cummings, you've got um, a, a variety, I think, of players throughout the side who can who can bring plenty to this. So you know, I, I think I mean I'm kind of discounting the one 0 game because they were three 0 up going going into the game at Dens and they, they had the game the game won. But you know, but I mean between Cummings, McGowan, McMullen, Charlie. You know, Burnley midfield, Ashcroft. What? Where does Ashcroft come from? I mean, where has this been hiding for such a long time? The threat he brings. Dundee certain, yeah, well, yeah, well, indeed, Dundee certainly have the ability to win this over the two legs. It's difficult. Um, first one at Dens, obviously. You'd like to think they'd get a decent kind of lead from from that one, but um, much depends on again the manager they're up against. Tommy Wright, Tommy Wright is a smart, smart operator. We all know that. We've dealt with him over the years on this patch, you know, and. Um, he reads the game, he knows the game, he can lift teams and all the rest of it. But Dundee, I think man for man, undoubtedly have the ability to win this one over the two legs. Um, if they can lift themselves for this final effort, uh, I think they can do it. But, it. but it will be difficult because they are having to raise their game against the side who have been playing at a higher level all season and who do bring threat. Sean, Tommy Wright will have a plan for Charlie Adam. There's nothing sure, is there? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not well, talking yeah, about like getting him, you know. <laughs> Are you I'm sure? Talking about. That's right. That's right. I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> about <laughs> You're a sinister guy, Eric. Negating anybody's in charge. Negating his talents on the football pitch. Well, there's more than one way to do that, Eric. <laughs> Deary me. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he will do. I mean. Tommy, I mean, we all know from 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 his years at St. Johnson. Tommy is uh, the pragmatist's pragmatist when it comes to football management. So he'll he'll look at um, he'll look at Dundee, and he'll look at Charlie Adam, and he'll go, "No chance. <laughs> <laughs> that, that guy's not that guy's still not did. playing." <laughs> it's still a bit sinister sounding, isn't it? At this point. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Tactically, right. Sean, what will he do? Tactically, what will he do? <laughs> He'll smash on. Right. <laughs> by the way, I, I would just—I would just like to remove myself from any hint of conspiracy here. <laughs> oh dear! Uh, to be fair, Rafe yeah. Rovers did show that you were the man. Any hint of conspiracy? You were the man. Was it? Which one of you was the one that said that Hearts were going to roll over for for Rafe Rovers? That was me. That was, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> Deary me! I was so, yeah, I was proven Char- wrong on is, that is, account. Cha- so is I, Charlie Ad- is Charlie Adam worth? Is he still worthy of basically man marking and basically saying, "Look, we take Charlie Adam out this out this out the equation and we stop Dundee." Is I mean, is it is it that simple for for Tommy or have they are they, have they no. evolved as a team, Dundee? No, I don't. I don't think it's quite as simple as that. But but certainly, if 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 you want to. If you want to keep a close eye on him, then you're the, the question at that point is, and again, this is to give Charlie his place. Have Kelly got anybody good enough to sit on Charlie Adam and stop Absolutely. him? Yes, for Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. I'm not entirely sure that they do, why, to be honest. That's with why you. we get you on these podcasts, Sean, for gems like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> perhaps they're, perhaps not the they're sinister, not the sinister undertones. <laughs> I'll, I'll be yeah, pointing this out to my mates in Paper Roses, the fanzine, you know. 
<laughs> um, you know, I'm not. I'm not convinced that they, that they do. Um, I mean, Charlie Adams been an effective operator at a higher level than the Scottish Premiership playoff. And all right, he's he's thirty five now, but I mean, he's still got a clever. He's still got a football brain on him, and he still knows what he's doing, and he's still got a great left foot, and he's still he's still playing. Um, <laughs> Well, if not 90 minutes every week, he's, he's playing a hell of a lot. And I think even in the, the if you go back to his time with Stoke in the Premier League, he wasn't really playing 90 minutes every week. He was sort of a 65, 70 minutes most of the time. And that's it's kind of been roughly the same at Dundee. Um, so for, for that length of time, I don't think there's any doubt that a, a guy with Charlie Adams' quality and pedigree can can, can hurt anybody. Um and I don't mean yeah. to do Kilmarnock oh, down well. by saying this, but especially a Kilmarnock because they've struggled oh, all do. season. <laughs> well, yes, I do. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Charlie, Charlie's definitely a, a huge weapon in Dundee's arsenal, but I, I, I don't think by any stretch that he's the only one. Um, uh, uh, knowing Tommy and the way he chooses to play games, the way I do from watching him for years at St. Johnson, wouldn't he? It wouldn't shock me if there's a, a certainly a, a maybe if not one man sacrificed to sit on Charlie Adam, there'll be a certain system chosen that that would aim to press his space and not give him the time to to pick out these passes. Well, be, but be the, mad but, not but to. The, but yeah, but the, but the danger is that actually Charlie's that clever and has that much quality that I mean, even if you you sit a couple of yards away from him, that's still enough time for him to do some damage. So. Um, he's he's certainly the main man that, that Kilmarnock will need to watch, but um, but, but yeah, whether they're good enough to do it, I don't know. Alan, I mean, you talk about it from Charlie Adam from the Dundee side of things, but from the Kilmarnock side of things, I'm I'm wondering, and it just there's this fear that uh, Dundee have have backed James McBeg and they've made some pretty bold signings, you know. Particularly, you know, Jason Cummings was the one that you thought, "Wow, that's that's a that's a that's a pedigree of of striker who should st- still be at the top of his game." Let's face it; he should, you know, with the talent he's got, he should be playing in the Premiership. Potentially, could be playing in the Premiership next year with with uh, with Dundee. You know, should be in the Scotland frame. It's not that long ago he was he was he was playing for Scotland. So Twenty five. They brought him in. I know, I know, but they brought him in, Alan. But the one I do have this nagging feeling whether. The man that was spotted in the uh, the Dundee McDonald's, uh, Kyle Lafferty, before he went to before he went to Kilmarnock, and you know I think it was confirmed that you know Dundee did did want to get, but it was basically it was it was too it was a wage packet too far, but he really could, he could be. I mean, I'm thinking Kyle Lafferty up against that Dundee defence. I mean, I'm, I know Ashcroft's played well, but. He's a man in form, and he 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 could take the game away from Dundee in the same way that Charlie Adam could from Kilmarnock, couldn't he? I'm just loving the notion of Jason Cummings and Kyle Lafferty being on the same football pitch. It will be mm-hmm. uh, utter carnage. It's uh, two of of Scottish football's good, great good for us, though, characters. Isn't it? Good for us. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, more characters like that for the post match interviews. That's that's uh, that's all uh, all that matters in our regard. But no, I, exactly. you're right in what you you're right in what you say about uh, Kyle Lafferty. This is this is his point in the season. His goal scoring record between his stage. Uh, yeah, yeah. His goal scoring record between March and May of seasons 
is so far ahead of his August to January record that it's almost farcical. He is a player that when he fancies it, when he's really in the mood, when or perhaps cynics would say when he's looking for a contract extension or a new club, then he comes <laughs> on. He is and he has he's got wild natural talent. He's a he's a, such an ungainly awkward character that he is murder to try and uh, negate because the normal ways you would go about matching uh, and marking a player just don't always work with Kyle Lafferty. And beyond that, he's got a clinical touch that he's got 12 goals in his last 12 games. That is, I mean, I can talk around it all you like, but there's the headline figure and there's the big flashing red warning uh, for Dundee. 12 goals in these last 12 games. He's in form. He is carrying that Kilmarnock side on his back at the moment and he is the man they must stop. Yeah, there's a, there's a potential for this to be, you know, big numbers of goals in both games, isn't it? I don't think we're going to see two kg one nils, are we? Uh, no, I don't, Eric, and I think that's a good point, very well made. I, I, I suspect these will be two um, high-scoring games, I really do, uh, and I think both teams are capable of scoring on each other's patch. I mean, I often wonder with Lafferty, you know, I, I kind of found myself wondering, is he Davy Dodds with pace, you know, because he's, he's quick, he's still quick, you know, um, he's not in the first flush of youth. What a compliment that is. Right. Ah, well, no, but I mean, he, 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 he's not only a gangly, awkward customer, he's a clever player as well, you know, he, he's quick, he's smart, he, he's strong physically, um, he has an eye for the target, you know, we just heard Alan talking there about, you know, uh, 12 and 2, I mean, that, incredible record, you know, so you've got a real handful um, there on your, your plate to deal with if you're a Dundee defence, you know, let alone other good players that we've talked about in there, but he has been a bit of inspired signing by, by Tommy Wright, you know, I mean, yeah. it, it, he's probably, Jim, 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 he's probably the player that you wished, he's probably the player that you wished Osmond Sow should be, isn't he? Well, absolutely. Uh, he's a better player than Osmond so by a long chalk. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, no doubt about that. You know, I mean, I think his record speaks for itself. I mean, Big Osmond had one, you know, one great spell at Hearts um, and kind of disappeared from, well, disappeared from these shores and then came back. And he's never really shown to me um, anything like you showed at Hearts. But Lafferty has been inspired business by Tommy, and he is a real danger. And and I think you know, j- just as just as it's very, very hard to mark Charlie Adam at the game, and I don't think one player can do it, it maybe means doubling up, which from Dundee's perspective is good because it leaves someone free. Um, I think that's the danger with Kyle Lafferty as well. I'm not entirely sure that just one man close enough can mark him. He's got that brilliant ability to make wee angled runs and, and just power through the middle or power through the you know the, 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 the two channels where you least expect him. So he takes, I think, double handling as well. And again, that leaves room for someone. So I think, you know, the, the, there are goals in both of these sides, certainly Lafferty from Kelly, and there are goals from Dundee, both from set, set pieces with Charlie uh, and other areas, you know, Cummings as well, potentially. So I, I think it, it's a it's a high-scoring uh, a high scoring doubler, this one, I think. Sean, what's a good result for Dundee in the first leg? I think we, we spoke about... And it, listen, it panned, it panned out brilliantly for me, didn't it? I, I said before the, the Dundee in the podcast for the Dundee Wraith, I said Dun, Dundee shouldn't have been thinking about you know a nil nil was good. Go out and go out and kill the match off in the first first leg, and they duly they duly did that. Different this time around because they're they're at home first, and they're about to go on a plastic pitch, which will bring it you know which is brings its own uh, different dynamic. What's a good result for? Dundee after leg one and 
should they and what should their approach be? Do they just think we've got to try and outscore these? A good result would be a 6 0 win. <laughs> well, then, yeah, that would, yeah, that's. <laughs> I would say <laughs> any, um, any lower acceptable. Any lower, uh, I think any sort of victory um, would be very, very much, uh, very acceptable. Um, a draw. You're cutting. You're cutting insight peaked about ten. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> listen. What, what, what else is there? I mean, a, a draw. They'll take it um, as long as they're not completely out of it at the end of the first leg. As long as Kilmarnock don't blow them away. Um, don't, don't do what they did to Wraith, basically. Exactly. Yeah, I think that will that'll do, because if it's if it's alive uh, for the second leg down at Rugby Park, then then they'll take it. If 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 they can better that with with a win, uh, I mean, brilliant. But I mean, as for me, as long as they're no dead and buried after the first leg, I think that's fine because the pressure in that second leg on Kilmarnock, um then becomes huge. And I know Dundee are under pressure as well because they always will be when they're in the championship because that's n- that's not where their supporters expect them to be. They'll never be satisfied in that division. So that brings pressure. Um, the expenditure brings pressure on, on, on players, on, on this, this the kind of signings that you've, you've highlighted already that they've made. These, these players don't come for buttons. These are players in lots of cases that could be playing in the Premiership. So there's pressure in that regard as well. But the pressure on Kilmarnock, who've been in the Premiership since 1993, remember, haven't gone down at all. The, pre- the pressure that they, they are under, because they, are, they exist in a, in a Premiership economy and they have done for decades, the thought of being relegated for them is, is disastrous. It could be disastrous for them. And it's certainly not what they've been budgeting for, certainly not what they'll be planning for. They probably will now have a, a championship budget in place just in case. But I would imagine that the effects of relegation on Kilmarnock and their budget will, will, maybe if not in the first season when they might be able to to throw a bit at it to try and get straight back up. But certainly going forward, the prospect of, of, of a lengthy stretch in the championship would be devastating for them. So there'll be huge, huge pressure on Kilmarnock in the second leg. And we all know that that tells on players. So if Dundee can be in the tie at the end of the first leg, they'll be they'll be in a decent position as far as I'm concerned. As long as they're not out of it, Dundee fans can be happy with that, I think. Alan, last word. I mean, I've, I've worked with you for long enough now to know that you're... you're You've got a far better grip on stats than I do, so you'll probably you'll probably uh, you'll probably correct me when I'm about to say this. But the the one that sticks out in my mind the last time, you know, there was sort of the the the, the bottom of the sorry the, the 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 team that was coming up, as it were, really had to. But I know that Livingston did it against Partick Thistle, but Partick Thistle were in bad form. The bit the bit the one that stands out in my mind is the 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 Hibs. Aki's one, that was the one where it was a, a real a real shock. Um and again, Hibs though, Hibs were in bad, bad form as well. The the, the worry for me is that Kilmarnock aren't actually in that bad form now. They have sorted out a lot. They're a better team under Tommy Wright than they were under Alex Dyer. They're scoring goals. If I was and we've said it all along the season, there is a gap between the Premiership and the Championship. I've I've always felt that, and to now for Dundee to now face a reasonable a Premiership team that's in good form, 
that is that makes it a harder task, doesn't it? This would be this would be I still think taking Charlie Adams, Jason Cum, all these ones, this would be a real it would still be a real upset for Dundee to do this over two legs, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, I mean there's no doubt about that. And part of that comes down to the fact that you know you're discussing only two teams have ever come up through the, the playoffs since they were um, brought into well since this version of them was brought in and 2013-14 and it's because it's an absolute racket that's weighted towards the Premiership teams. I mean, make no mistake about that, Dundee um, are, are, are coming into this game having just played two fairly uh, mentally tiring games against Wraith Rovers as well as uh, physically. So th- that's why we've that's why generally the teams that have come down have always been teams that are in a little bit of a state. Partick Thistle weren't in a good place and Hibs were an absolute car crash of a club when they came down under Terry Butcher. He had completely uh, ripped the morale apart in that dressing room. He had, you know, told a whole swathe of players that they were useless and they would need to find new clubs in January and then ended up having to rely on a few of them uh, towards the run-in. And surprise, surprise, they perhaps didn't run through the brick walls that some would. So, But it's, it's funny you mentioned that game, actually, obviously, because that's the game that introduced so many of the watching public to, to a young Jason Cummings. The whole uh, uh, interview afterwards where he, he declared that he's got the touch of an angel, eh? And uh, all that. Um, so, I mean, that was... Uh, <laughs> That was, that was my Jason Cummings impressions. And so uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, I've, been, I've been in Edinburgh too long. Um, so. was it, Alan, was it him that said he could o- open a tin of beans with these? I could, <laughs> could open a tin of beans with my left foot. Uh, that, was, that, was that was a better one. That was a better impression. <laughs> he's, no, I love Jason. He's some man. Um, and and it, let's not forget, although Hibs lost that tie, he scored uh, two wonderful goals, including a, a terrific chip. So that was the one silver line from uh, that playoff campaign that was so disastrous despite Jason missing a, a decisive penalty and he'll be a, he'll be out to, to make amends with Dundee and get a bit of playoff glory this time but to, to, to touch on your point Eric yes it would it would still be a shock but I still look at the Dundee side and I think there, there are premiership players in that side and if the pressure tells on Kilmarnock, I mean, uh, George Cran, our, our colleagues, got a, a piece on the Courier and, and even in Telegraph channels where he, uh, he speaks to Lee Ashcroft, who's been through that with Kilmarnock specifically, and he spoke about the, the suffocating pressure that is on the team that's in that, that position, and that's what Dundee need to build on if they're going to get the shock that shock that they want. Eric, well, yeah, well, that's when I, I think, that, I think a draw is fine. Draws fine. Anyway, sorry, carry on in the first. No, I was going to say when, on, when, I, when I heard that uh, that Cummings impersonation, I was thinking maybe there's a new train spotting <laughs> movie coming up. Alan was looking for the gig, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to have a wee side hustle on the go, Jim. You know me. <laughs> oh. Wait till you hear he's wait till you hear he's done dirty, and Jim, you'll look quite surprised. I'll, 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 I'll bring out my Craig Levine one day. That's a real treat for you. <laughs> Oh, don't peek! Too, don't peek too soon. Come on, you guys. Keep some for next. So keep them. Keep them wanting more, Alan. Keep them wanting more. Right, Jim. It's Dundee United's Dundee United season is over. I, can't, I think we kind of thought it might finish with a bit of a whimper. There was nothing really. Let's face it. There was nothing to play for in that last game. Uh, Jim Goodwin seemed to make a a big, a big thing out of being best of the rest. I suppose it was the only <laughs> thing that was left for him after uh, after missing out on sixth, missing out two cup finals. So yes, best of the rest. Fair play to them. They got it. Dundee United now, Jim. I know that I know that we're a we're we're only just finished the season for them, but we're a good way away from the next one starting. But there's a lot of uncertainty, isn't there? And we want 
we want certainty as soon as we can possibly get it, don't we? Is that a fair way of putting it? Uh, yes, I, I think so, Eric. I mean, that's um, you know, the, 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 this is always intriguing. I mean, I'm talking about the bold, the bold Mickey, yeah. the bold Mickey yeah, who well, likes his, yeah, uh, I, who's got his, he's quite <laughs> says he's quite happy because he's got his golf membership at St Andrews. Quite happy with the golf membership. That, that's right. And what a fine place to have your golf membership. Yeah, I mean, and I, th- I, I, I think bluntly, I think to be blunt, we, we, we're in the middle of a kind of who blinks first scenario here. Uh, my suspicion has been for long and weary, as, as we've discussed on this podcast, is that United probably see their future with a different coach. I think Mickey probably sees his future back down south, but, you know, there are contractual issues and all the rest of it to be, um, you know, weighed up and gone through and all the rest of it here. I, 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 suspect, I don't suspect. It's quite clear from from uh, statements that United have made that they new jobs, want to New go jobs to direction. be found potentially as well. Yeah. Absolutely. They, they want to go in one direction in terms of youth and all the rest of it. Whether Mickey would want to go down that road is another thing entirely. The bulk, of, the vast bulk of his career has been spent south of the border um, where there, there are no absence of jobs. You know, I, I don't think he would be going back to a Tranmere, you know, but um, there are, there, there's no absence have been linked with Doncaster and all the rest of it. So, you know, over the next um, wee while, I don't think it'll take long because, you know, there's a, a shorter than ever season, a close season these days. Um, so you need very, very quickly, I think, if it is going to be done, and I think it will be done, is to move things on. You know, one manager goes, you bring in your next management or coaching team or however you're you're going to run it. But I think undoubtedly um, a parting of the ways is in the offing and, and certainly very soon. Now, I know that Big Tony... Um, listens to this podcast because I got a herogram from him a few weeks, ago, a few weeks back. You know, we stayed in touch with him, and uh, uh, he was he was he was very complimentary. Which uh, you know about uh, a recent podcast that we did. In fact, I was giving him a. Uh, he's a great man. He loves Naturally. his coach. He loves his loves his motivational coach. And I gave him one from Angela Mayu. I'm sure he'll not mind me sharing that uh, on Saturday. You know, he, I mean, he he as sporting director and I think the owner Mark Ogren want to take the club in a certain direction, and I th- and I think the direction they want to take the club in is right you know um there's a lot of money being spent at Tannadice, a lot of money has been invested by the owner. Um, they want to go in one direction, and that direction is youth. And in a sense, they're, they're recreating the wheel. I read a great piece yesterday on Training Ground Guru about what's going on at, at Tannadice, the way they're individualising coaching and training, and you know the the the, the, the approach to, to, to young players working on uh, what they can do as opposed to what they can't do. So there's lots of good things uh, going on, but obviously what needs to be nailed down is 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 who actually is, is the head coach, you know, because I think it will be a head coach at Tannadice as opposed to a manager, you know, with that with the kind of different type of philosophy United want to pursue. So I think that needs to be ironed out and I think it will be very soon, certainly sooner rather than later, so that United can plan for the future, which will be a very youthful future, I think. Yeah, Sean, do you, do you concur with most of what Jim said there? Do we want to, we want to get this moved on as fast as we possibly can? When I say we, we're talking about Dundee United. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. There's the from their perspective, if the, if this indeed is going to happen, and, and we suspect it will, then the sooner it happens is probably the better from United's perspective from a from a forward planning um, position, uh, because they'll they'll want to know where they stand, who's in charge, and and how they're going to build for next season. So yeah, um, I mean. As I say, we, we we do have our suspicions that, that Mickey will be off, and I, th- I I think there's no smoke without fire in the sense that we've had him linked with two English managerial jobs in as many months now, and for 
as much as Mickey Mellon from rightly, from will, English sources as well. From yeah, English exactly. sources as well. So yeah. you know, no, it's yeah. no, it's no troublemaking from up here or anything like that. So as much as Mickey can say with some degree of right that you know I've I've managed in England for a, a long time. I spent my entire playing career down there. I'm a known figure around those leagues, and because of the success I've had, it's inevitable that there will be interest from clubs down there. And yeah, there are a lot of clubs down there. Um, so that all logically would seem to add up um, but at the same time um, I, I, I just think two and two months is, is suggestive that, that there, there is something going on uh, in the background with regards to either either getting the getting the name out there letting it be known that you know that, that this man, is interested in a job down south. I I don't think these ha- these things happen by accident. I really I really really don't. So no, while we can we can have our suspicions that, that Mickey will be off, and, and and indeed if that is the case, yeah, there there are contractual things to be negotiated with United, and that 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 is. But if 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 Mickey thinks he wants to go, the reason for him to be saying, "Oh, you know, I'm staying here until I'm told otherwise. I'm done the United manager. I love my life up here. The family are up here. All that stuff." It's because there will be a, a game of brinksmanship on the go with regards to the, the the wrapping up of whatever contractual issues need to be wrapped up. Because even if you're if you're contracted for another year, you don't just walk away from that. No, indeed, not no, certainly not, certainly not for managers. There's that, money. No. You don't leave money on no. the table. So, yeah, if 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 there is going to be movement, and I suspect there may be, then from United's perspective, it probably would be beneficial to 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 have it happen as as, as soon as possible. But at the moment, it seems it seems to me that there is this sort of um, brinkmanship situation going on. So we'll, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Alan, I'm in, I'm intrigued that you're taking it all because you know you've obviously you're you've run a national beat and you've covered the United games this season before you came to work. Work with us, and you know you'll you'll have covered Mickey Mellon press conferences, blah blah blah, etc. etc. And watched watched the situation unfold. Are you kind of are you? Does it surprise you? Does it kind of take you aback that we're at this point with Dundee United? Do you think what's happened over the last year? You would just think, oh well, it's a case of they go again next year. They, they build on what they've done, and uh, Mickey Mellon takes it on. As you know, what, what's your take on it? I think there would be a lot of people out with the the Tayside bubble that did think that. I think that's that's absolutely fair. I mean, from a, a neutral perspective, I don't think Mickey has done a done a bad job. He's uh, he's stabilised a newly promoted team in the top flight and has reached a Scottish Cup semi final by most measures. Uh, I think that could be considered a success. But it's it's fascinating listening to to you guys. I mean. Some of it will be no smoke without fire, but I've no doubt there's there's plenty going on between the lines there with with what you're all saying. So um, I, I think there's there's plenty to, there to be gleaned from from listeners, and uh, it's certainly it's certainly interesting uh, what they do in the future. It's it, it looks to me like perhaps looking forward, uh, Dundee United's philosophies and priorities and perspective on things might not necessarily be the same as as the way Mickey Mellon would would like to see things go forward. I think there's a, a real priority on bringing through youth, developing their own, perhaps, you know, looking to, to make the club financially sustainable that way rather than 
um, you know, strengthening from from elsewhere and, and perhaps giving giving Mickey everything yeah, that so it's, he legit, would want. it's a legitimate strategy, isn't it? It's an, it's yeah, so per, perhaps it. I know it's it's something that that you guys have touched on previously, but per, perhaps it does fit both parties. Mickey has has done. A, I think Mickey's done a, a fine job in terms of hitting his. Uh, tangible targets and could leverage that reputation into a good role elsewhere. Meanwhile, Dundee United can perhaps look to go on a direction of bringing through young players and uh, playing a certain way, fielding certain players that that they want to going forward. So perhaps an amicable part of the way, parting of the ways would be sensible. But yeah, you're right in what you say from from the outside looking in, as I was for for a fair chunk of this season. The perception hasn't been that Mickey Mellon's done a bad job or that he should, for whatever reason, be looking for work come this summer. Yeah, yeah. Jim, just to, to jump down a couple of divisions, um, we've had the first leg of the the big playoff, as far as I'm concerned. You know, Brecon, Brecon Kelty is, is the one with the most serious ramifications for one, two of our clubs. It's not, not, the, not the mismatch that uh, maybe some people thought. You know, uh, Brecon haven't turned into... The cannon fodder for uh, for this upwardly mobile Kelty team. It's it's all to play for in the second leg, and it wouldn't it be quite it be quite the twist, wouldn't it? After after everything and everything that all the assumptions that have been made and all the predictions, particularly from a breaking point of view, that they they go and actually uh, turn this round and 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 beat Kelty over two legs. Yeah, I mean absolutely. I mean <clears throat> I spoke to to someone at Brecon just the other week who have known a great many years, and there are great there are great plans at the club. I mean, I think a lot of people know that the club kind of went to sleep at the wheel a wee bit, and they need to reinvent it and become a proper community club, and, and they've got some great ideas, you know. But um, what, what would really help those ideas is if they stayed in the within the traditional Scottish league structure, you know. I mean. Um, if if they can win this, you know the, this pyramid battle, if you want, and and and, and stay within the structure, then they, they have a great chance, and they've got a fighting chance here. They're down two one from the um, from the first leg. Um, but they've still got a great. I think it's Sunday they uh, they, they go to at the Glebe, you know. So they've still got a chance of, of staying in there. If they don't stay in there, then I think a couple of things need to need to be done. They, they need to kind of hope and, and lobby to keep to, to have themselves placed in Lowland League as opposed to the Highland League. And that's nothing against the Highland League. It's simple geography that I think they feel that potentially. Um, going into Highland, I mean, bluntly, one or two people have said to me it would kill them. And, and you may remember Montrose said this many years back when they were struggling. They thought they'd go into Highland League and playing games, you know, on a Tuesday night at Wick or, or at Fort William. Just they, they just simply wouldn't be able to attract players, couldn't manage. And I think that's the, the fear is for the very livelihood um, of Breaking City Football Club. But the, but the, the, they're in with a the shout. They haven't been by any manner of means outgunned. You know, they trailed two one. They've still got a great chance. Um, so. It's all in their own hands, uh, Eric. And I think everyone, you know, I kind of feel, I have to say, for Brecon, because they, 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 they've gone from being a very much loved club uh, within about the space of a season and a half after last season when they, when they, you know, when they, they escaped relegation and, 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 and what's going on this season. I think a lot of people kind of lost a lot of sympathy for them. But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, 
arguably a couple of misjudgments on their behalf uh, and an understandable desire to save themselves should take away from from you know the, the essential decencies and hard work of a club that that have been much admired in the game uh, for a long long time given that you know given the lack of resources they come from a town of six seven thousand people you know so they've been a great club and you're always you're always biased in these situations because they treat you very well when you go I mean I covered a lot of their championship games when they had a remarkable season that said there has to be and I'm a big believer in the pyramid system it always was and and it's been great and Kelty Hearts there's loads of ambition there there's loads of drive there and if they come up they will have come up fairly you know there's a lot of money has gone into to the club and if they come up you know with some of the players they've seen like Higginbotham and all the rest of it and Tidzer and company they've obviously spent money so fair play to them if they come up you know Last one for you, Alan, and it's a it's not a nice one for us. You would you know, you get you know, you get good relationship with managers and you've you've had one with Stevie Crawford at Dunfermline and you've you've spoke with him after after he resigned as Dunfermline manager. You know, it was a very from the outside looking in, like I say, you you cov you've covered Dunfermline for, for years. It felt like an honourable thing for him to do, a very, very sort of I don't know, open and honest thing to do as well. How many how many people were just talking about? How many people hang on and hang on, you know, just for a for a payoff or just you know sort of kind of denying the inevitable? Stevie Crawford hasn't done that. He's want to, he's taking a break. He's getting himself out of a very intense situation at Dunfermline, you know, the, the playoffs, the COVID, all that sort of stuff, and he wants to he wants to reemerge elsewhere. I mean, what's your take on on Stevie Crawford leaving Dunfermline and potentially who they might go for next? Everything that Stevie has done in the last 48 hours just speaks measures of the man. He is a, a top-class individual, um, a, an honourable guy, and he's done the right thing by taking uh, candid stock of his own situation and deciding to, to step back. The, the, I mean, not to get too inside baseball for the, for the listeners, but uh, Stevie specifically sought out three of the local journalists who have covered him over the last kind of 28 months that he was in charge to do his farewell interview with um, the, the local guys and even things like that. It's pure class, like looking after the yeah, guys yeah, who have been there regularly and the interview we did with him was just searing in its honesty. He basically admitted to burnout. He had nothing left. He had given his all in this job and had nothing left to give. Now, how many managers are not only honest enough to say that, but honest enough to recognise it in themselves? That's a, it's a real, uh, it's a real mark of his character. And articulate and it publicly. Ex- exactly, it's a real mark of his character. And in this industry, which can be, you know, so packed with uh, bravado and uh, what we call these days kind uh, of toxic mas- yeah. masculinity, you know, it's he's basically come out and said uh, and shown his vulnerability and articulated something that I can guarantee you. Other managers feel. Other managers have have felt like that, and to hear uh, someone like Stevie Crawford come out and say, "Do you know what? It's all right to feel like that." And do you know what? Sometimes you need to take a step back before you before you actually do your mental health or physical health. Actually, some damage is. I think it's really, really refreshing. Um, it did take uh, the Dunfermline hierarchy uh, by surprise. Um, everyone, including myself, and I put it to print, expected Stevie Crawford to be the manager next season because that's what the board expected. Um, so they were taken aback. The first they knew of his decision was Monday morning when he told uh, Ross MacArthur, the chairman, about the decision he'd come to. And he had only previously spoken to his dad about it. Those were the only two people that knew his decision. Um and 
so they're kind of scrambling at Dunfermline at the moment. They'll be drawing up a, a, a short list. And to touch on your your other question, who's going to be on it? I mean, your obvious picks are someone like Stuart Petrie, a Dunfermline legend, done a fantastic job at Montrose. But I think it would be churlish to say we know this person will be in for it, we know this person will be in for it. Agents will be putting their clients' names forward, but in terms of definitively saying right now, that's it's it's slightly too early, and also there's the factor that plus we've got new owners, you know exactly. There's there's, there's, there's German the, investors, the left field bit. They'll want to play a part in in the decision making process because especially about twelve months from now, they'll own a huge part of that club and they'll have invested a lot of money in that club. So I think it's only fair that they'll want to say on the manager or the head coach, as it's probably likely to be, um, and who that is and and what it'll look like going forward. So. Who knows? It could be a, a, a gig and press merchant from Germany that we've never heard of. So it's um, it's pretty early to be talking about who's. You'll, you'll have heard you'll have heard of him though, won't you? <laughs> I'll, I'll certainly pretend you're, to. You're very you're into your gig and press, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I can certainly bluff and bluster my way through it. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, listen! After after the the rules the rules piece and the, and the COVID rules piece you did for for St Johnston, you. You are the man for these sort of things. No, oh, no, that's I, a, I bow to your. Uh, bow that's, to your that's an that's an exciting everything, niche. Every, for, everything obscure. Yeah, that's an exciting everything niche obscure. for me to find myself in rules and regulations about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm basically a bureaucratic figure. <laughs> <laughs> and Gagan Preston. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. There we are. I'd love to throw a bit of obscure. German coaching at Sean. Actually, I will. Yeah, there you go. Who's your Who's your man for Dunfermline? As the last last say, Sean. Who's your man for Dunfermline? Is it Is it Stuart Petrie's time? He certainly He certainly earned his stripes in part time football. Not Not with German gig impressing, but in the in League Two and League One with Montrose. Um, it could be, but it's really up to him, isn't it? I don't think it. it, it it's in in any other circumstances for a football manager a part time. Club who's who was specifically looking to 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 move up. I think yeah, he's the obvious candidate, especially given his background with the club. Um, but I, I don't think it's quite that simple when it comes to to Stuart Petrie. Otherwise, he probably would have made a move into full time football management before now, given the work that he's done um, at Montrose since he took over. He took over when they were clinging on with their fingernails to um, their. SPFL status, and look at where they are now. Yeah, and that that is an incredible, incredible turnaround. And there'll have been stuff that's gone on behind the scenes that's participated to that transformation. But Stuart Petrie has undoubtedly played an enormous role in it. And and that, under normal circumstances, we'd probably have seen him picked off by a bigger club before now. Dunfermline. That's that's what makes this particularly interesting because uh, because obviously he he is a a well-known and well-loved figure um, at East End Park, but it, it's whether the um, <laughs> whether the whether ditching his current full-time job uh, is going to is going to be worth his while to to make the step into Dunfermline, or whether or indeed whether he thinks that the, the potential for moving on again from Dunfermline to to, to a, a bigger footballing full-time wage is worth it. So the ball um, is well and truly in, in Mister Petrie's court. In this case, I think um, it will come down to whether he whether he wants to to change his life in that regard or not. Yeah, well, listen, good stuff, lads, and we're 
I've I've kept you long enough because together with this podcast and a, and a St Johnson Cup final special, I can I can hear the weariness creeping in. But special thanks to whichever one of you had the window open. That the the, the birds tweeting was particularly soothing for this week. I think. I, I, I thought was that was me actually. That. Do you know what I've shut I shut the window know, in the last absolutely. ten minutes. It's stopped now. <laughs> Very, very therapeutic that was. You live in a country park. <laughs> I, I, I do not. No, uh, they're, 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 they're pretty minging birds. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even already here. <laughs> on that, on that note, what a way to, what a way to finish the season. Okay, well done. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys, and and well done in your debut there, Alan. Very good. You'll, you'll be invited back. Don't worry about that. Okay, and thank you very much for listening once more. Cheers, guys. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget, too, to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.